you got me when you stood everybody up, man. I thought, well, he's going to go one more song. <clears throat> Whenever you get Jaime to pray, he will pray for the sailors and he will pray for the army combatants and so forth. He never prays for the Air Force. I want you to know this. <laughs> I don't know why. You might want to take that up with him, you guys, in the Air Force. <laughs> this morning we're in the book of Genesis, chapter 47. Israel has been taken down to the land of Goshen by the drought situation. Goshen was an area north-central in Egypt, near the, where the Nile empties into the Mediterranean Sea. And God has brought his people down to Egypt, and he settled them in, in what is called the best of the land. This Goshen area will happen to be an area that the Egyptians themselves didn't like because they detested shepherds and herdsmen, and that was an area for grazing your cattle. But Pharaoh and Joseph, they've agreed Goshen is where Joseph's family should dwell. It happens to also be an area which is segregated from the main population of Egypt. In chapter 47 of Genesis, it gives us details of Jacob and his family coming down to Goshen. So let's read the first 12 verses of Genesis 47. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks, their herds, and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And he took five men from among his brothers, and he presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land, because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know of any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? That's not a good question, but anyway. And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and he went out from before Pharaoh. And jo Joseph situated his fathers and his brothers, and he gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his fathers, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread, according to the number in their families. Joseph 
has settled his brothers in Goshen, and now he sort of waits for Pharaoh's final approval of this. And we see Joseph, and he takes five of his brothers, and he goes to meet Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asks, he says, well, what is your occupation? You ever have somebody ask you that? Well, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm asked that oftentimes, and I'm a little hesitant to say I'm a pastor. Not because I'm ashamed of being a pastor, but walls of communication break down instantly when you tell somebody you're a pastor. Uh, Several years ago, I was playing in a golf tournament. And this group we're playing with, they finally get around to asking me, Well, Don, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. Instantly, the fellow apologizes for his bad language. You know, then he remarks, no wonder you're doing so well. You've got God on your side, you know. So you have to put up with this sort of a thing. So I think I'm going to go with, I'm a shepherd. (laughs) Scripture often refers to pastors as shepherds. So that might be my new label, I'm a shepherd. But about 20 years ago, I was closing down my business, more than 20 years now, And I was tree farming out in California, and we grew almonds, walnuts, and peaches. And I thoroughly enjoyed farming. But I still had friends in Southern California, and I went down there for a visit and happened to run into one of my old friends. And he said, well, what are you doing these days, Don? And I told him I was farming. And he thought that was humorous. Laughingly, he said, farming? To him, to be a farmer was humorous. Farming was an occupation beneath him. So I can relate to Joseph's brothers who were looked down upon as shepherds. In my case, it was I was a farmer. So, like Joseph or Joseph's brothers, in their answer to Pharaoh, and I like it because they said, your, your servants are shepherds. They don't try to glamorize it whatsoever. We are shepherds. And they know that the Egyptians detest shepherds. And he said, we're shepherds just like our fathers were shepherds. And the only reason we've come here to Goshen is to sojourn, not permanently, sojourn here uh, because of the great famine that is up in Canaan. Verse 6, Pharaoh, he declares to Joseph, the land of Egypt is before you. Have your brothers dwell in the best of the land, or really in Goshen, which happened to be great pasture land. And then he said to Joseph, if there's any competent herdsmen or, or shepherds among them, put my livestock in their care. We have Pharaoh, who probably doesn't have the same disdain for shepherds that the regular Egyptians have, because he looks at shepherds in a different light, and he says, hey, I've got cattle. If you've got some good herdsmen there, put my cattle in their care. So the Pharaoh, whom the people of Egypt considered a deity, I think he's a man of character. 
Some Bible scholars have actually wondered, did this Pharaoh become a believer? Uh, Not enough information. We don't know. (laughs) Uh, But the next activity of Jacob speaks well of Pharaoh. For Pharaoh, king of Egypt, a god now in the eyes of his people, the Egyptian, allows Jacob, this old shepherd, to bless him. Hebrews 7, 7, we're told, Now beyond all contradictions, the lesser is blessed by the greater. And we have Jacob blessing Pharaoh. Pharaoh, he has a question for Jacob, and it's, How old are you? (laughs) Only 130. (laughs) And he said, Few and evil have been the days of my life, my pilgrimage. Yet, I'm not as old as my dad. Isaac lived to be 180, and my granddad, Abraham, lived to be 175. I'm just a young man. (laughs) And this Pharaoh, he impresses me as a man of character. He impresses me as being a good leader. The first time we are introduced to this Pharaoh, he's had dreams, and that God has given him dreams, and he's telling Pharaoh what's going to come about in the land of Egypt, in that part of the world. And he appoints Joseph as governor of Egypt. A good move, probably not the best political move at the time to take this uh, Hebrew slave and make him uh, governor of Egypt, who, uh, you know, the Egyptian probably detest in a strong way. Now he's kind, the same fairly, he's kind to an old man, a shepherd, a foreigner, who's pronouncing a blessing upon him. To me, this Pharaoh was a great leader. But not all the pharaohs were great leaders. You remember Yul Brenner, the actor who played Pharaoh in the Ten Commandments. He was not a good guy. That's what we can base it on. However, we find Jacob's family. They're now settled in the best of the lands of Egypt, in the Goshen area. And they're separated, though, from the Egyptians because of where they are and because of their occupation as shepherds. Now, Egypt is known for its sinful idol worship. It's a country uh, caught up into just different cults and all this kind of thing. And yet this is where God brings his future nation, Israel, to. They're only 70 strong, but God has brought his people down and he's put them in a land that is full of idol worship. And he's going to multiply his people there. And you could say Egypt is the incubator of Israel, and it truly it was. Yet this is God's plan to have this, his people go down into a land where they're detested, where they're despised, but yet God will greatly 
blessed them and greatly increased their numbers there in Egypt. And you have to understand that no self-respecting Egyptian <laughs> will have anything to do with these shepherds or these of Jacob's family. And when we look at the nation of Egypt, it's a country that is in the process of change. Their whole culture is changing because of the drought. So let's read in verses 13 through 31 the rest of the chapter of what goes on here. Verse 13. Now there was no bread in, in all of the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Cana languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why sh should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle of the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone, my Lord also has bought our herds and our livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seeds that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe, severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as the people, and as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the lands of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh. And they ate their rations, which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths you shall, shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your household, and as food for your little ones. So they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in your sight, in the sight of our Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servant. Then Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day, that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priest only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and there they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. When the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, 
Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers, and you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Then he says, swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed his head on the, on the head of his bed and died. Verse 15, we read that all the money had failed in Egypt. The people now want bread, grain for bread, but their money is worthless. And Joseph now acquires all the livestock, all the donkeys, all the horses, everything. And he has all the money now in Pharaoh's bank account and so forth. Now, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You probably do not know this, but I am wealthy, rich beyond measure. I'm a billionaire several times over. Now, most of you didn't know that. If this printed note is good, this is a $25 billion bill. Seriously. The only trouble is it's drawn on the country of Zimbabwe, making it virtually worthless. But it's totally legal. When severe famine strikes, and after years of scraping together just to try to have food, money doesn't have much of a value. The Egyptians, they trade and they barter now. They've sold their livestock, they've sold their lands, and they've even sold themselves into slavery just for food. The following year, uh, you know, they have come to Joseph. The Egyptian people have come to Joseph and they present the proposal to Joseph, and they offer them their land and themselves as slaves to Pharaoh just for grain. And Joseph buys them. And he buys basically all the land of Egypt for the government or for Pharaoh. And he bought everything that was except for the land that had been allotted to the priest the Egyptian priests, who happened to be, for whatever reason, exempt from selling their lands by the Pharaoh. And Joseph then proceeds to change the lifestyle of the Egyptian, and he begins to move them from the countryside into the cities all across Egypt. And Joseph also gives grain for seed and grain to make bread from. And here's the agreement that Joseph has with the Egyptian people. You farm the land and you keep 80% for yourselves. But you got to give 20% to Pharaoh because he owns everything. And basically, it's a 20% taxation schedule. Most of us would jump at that. 
<laughs> if you only charge me 20% of the taxes, that'll be fine. I'll go with that. Uh, but the Egyptian people, they're readily agreeable to this because they say, you have saved our lives. They recognize that Joseph has saved their lives. Now, our welfare food program in America, uh, it's got some problems. And we could learn much from what Joseph did. Alabama happens to be a poor state. There's roughly four and a half to five million people in Alabama. And recently I read where there's over one million people in Alabama that receive food stamps. Wow! I didn't realize it was that great. 20% of the people that live in Alabama receive food stamps. And the only requirement that they have to have is that they're poor. That's your only requirement. But in our story, Joseph, he did not give the grain away. Joseph agreed to the people who presented this proposal for them to give all they had in exchange for, you know, for grain. And then they're to work the land and give 20% of their crops back to Pharaoh. And it's good for us to hear what the people had to say in verse 25. You have saved our lives, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And then Joseph makes that 20% taxation, he makes it a law. Some way, somehow, our government has missed the mark on our food giveaway programs. How unusual for our government to be inefficient. <laughs> And I only make this point. I'm not picking on our government. I'm really not. And I'm not picking on helping the poor. I think we should. But it only points out man's inability to govern man. And I look for the day when we will fall under the lordship of Jesus Christ. But consider this. This drought, it's severe. The lifestyle in Egypt is changing but Israel is up in Goshen prospering. And they're multiplying exceedingly. Jacob, he lives another 17 years, and he realizes he's about to die. He calls for Joseph, and he makes Joseph swear that he will not bury him in Egypt. Carry me out of Egypt. Bury me at Machpelah, our family burial place. And he makes Joseph swear to this, and Joseph does swear to this. And we have a graphic illustration there of the protection of God for his people. God has raised up Joseph to provide for his family. And in reality, Joseph, his brothers and his father, they do nothing to survive. They do nothing to survive except be a relative of Joseph. That's all they did. Have you ever heard, it's not what you know, but who? Yeah, haven't we all? On your next resume, it's who you know, 
not what you know. <laughs> Joseph's brothers knew Joseph, and that equaled provision. We are to be wise stewards of what God puts in our hands, and we really should be good stewards. But we live in days of an uncertainty. I urge each and every one of us, trust God. Be wise as you can be, but be trusting in God. For you and I, it is not what we know, but who we know. Know your Lord, know your God. And as we look around at the world today, we can easily uh, become troubled. Uh, there's famine that's going on all the time now. Drought that sweeps across the entire world. I understand that the Sierras are not getting the snowfall. That means the, the, the grain belt of California is not getting a sufficient water. And this goes on each and every year. It just moves where the drought are located. And we even have money failing in many areas. There's entire countries like Zimbabwe where a $25 billion, that's with a B, $25 billion bill is worth a few cents. Isn't that incredible? So you cannot trust in the governments of the world. You cannot trust in your own government. Trust in the Lord. Our protection, our provision will come from our God. It will come from our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. So let me get you to stand and we'll close in prayer. Father, I'm grateful that I don't have to worry about the future. Now, Lord, you know I want to be a good steward of what passes through my hands. But, Lord, you've took the sting out of trying to prepare, out of out of trying to be wise and look ahead and do all the right things because you've promised to take care of us, Lord. What a great promise that is. So, Lord, we cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And we look to you who's able to not only meet our needs but to supply our needs abundantly above what we are even able to think or pray, Lord. You are a good Father, and you take care of us. We thank you for that. We ask for your continued blessings, Lord. But most of all, we just thank you that we know you, the living God. And that gives us great comfort. So we thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.